0: welcome back to hey great shot <laughs> so much better than rothman he's out he can stay in europe uh, you know given the way our immigration laws are going he probably won't be let back in but that's not that's a tangent for another time let's get back into the tennis because it's not going anywhere we have the left side of the draw and you know we'll start up top with the host this weekend wake forest yes they dropped the point against south carolina but you know, anyone who doesn't think they're the prohibitive favorite in the round of 16 match against Columbia just hasn't been following college tennis this year. Yeah, I,
1: I mean, they're, they're definitely the favorite. If Columbia can somehow, and I have no idea how you steal the double, doubles point from them uh, now with uh, with Sarah from back, but uh, if somehow they can do it, they're probably going to be favored at five and six. But at the top of that lineup, it's almost impossible. you got to get Goyo, I guess, at one because you're, you know, Two, two, three, and four, Wake Wake is a prohibitive favorite. Uh, yeah. right if anyone there.
0: can get him, though, it's Fam. I mean, Fam has played yeah. some incredible times. I think he beat Chris Sokos earlier in the year. Yeah. Which oh, yeah. He's not Gojo, but, I mean, still, Pham's capable of it.
1: Yeah, it's oh, absolutely. And, and you know, I on paper, Jackie Tang is a huge underdog, but I, I still would – I mean, I, I wouldn't count him out. But, yeah, it's, it's. I think that's asking a little much. Two, three, and four are probably – Going Wake's way, which means they have basically got to get doubles in the other three matches.
0: Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Seraphim coming back in the lineup. You know, you are, with all due respect to Joey Hanna, or however you say his last name, you are a tennis nerd. Uh, so I'm just curious. You know, you look at these lineups, UTR wise. Uh, do you think Wake Forest would be better off benching Seraphim for the singles? I
1: don't know. They've, they've got they've got so many guys they can play. Now, what's what's interesting, and I don't even know why they did it, right? is they submitted Eduardo Nava at five. He's not going to play. Um, I, I don't see any way that they're, they're playing him, which on paper then means that Gadgev slides up to five and, uh, and they still got choices. I think, it's, I think they play him five and Sarah from six, but, but maybe not, maybe they don't play, uh, from, I may, you know, uh, Maybe maybe Tony looks at it and says, "Well, I'm going to see how he plays in doubles, and if he looks like he's playing well, I'll play him." You know, it could be a game time decision. Who knows?
0: Yeah, that's completely fair. I mean, they, their team really reminds me of that first Brian Boland team. I think it was 2013 that won the national title where he had, you know, Max Geislinger, Ryan Shane, Julian Juergen, and Justin Shane, and, you know, seven guys, and he really did a good job of shuffling that bina- bottom of the lineup. You mentioned Godjeb. You know, Godjeb didn't even play last weekend. They had Seraphim, they had Kungu at six. Uh, I think they're sticking. I think the top four of Gojo, Mansuri, and Boxer, set you know they're not going to be screwing around with that but just between five and six and then their doubles up, you know so many options you almost worry that bresky could coach himself out of the match
1: yeah well exactly no no matter what if you end up losing you because you're going to be able to second guess it because you had so many guys you could have played um you know i don't i don't see any way they play solomon given the the uh, to, to use your words, the big fucking egg he laid against <laughs> Kessler. I mean, oh and oh to Kessler. Uh, I love Kessler. I love him. He's one of my favorite guys. But oh and oh, come on, um, no, that's just not going to cut it. So he's he's not finding his way in the lineup. Um, you know, I, the the one that, the one that's got me and I, and again, this is a guy I haven't seen play, but. There, there's one of the guys on on uh, you know on my team that's that is very familiar with Kungu and said that he said that guy is unbelievable. He's not you know he's not a college tennis team guy. He said you get him out in like a futures, he's unreal. Uh, or he went and played Davis Cup even right. He said the guy is if he's you know when he's when it's on the line and it's him, he's unreal. Uh, so uh, clearly he's got a ton of talent and it's probably you know, he probably will find his way in the lineup. So, yeah, it could be that he's in and Seraphim's out. Um, yeah, and,
0: and, I, and I believe they have you know five or six ranked singles players, three or four ranked doubles teams. I mean, like you mentioned, on paper, by UTR, by any statistic you look at, this team, it, Wake Forest, is the team to beat. And like you mentioned, a lot of decisions to be made. It's going to be really interesting to see how they respond playing at home. You know, I'm one of those. Uh, I like the off the court narratives, and there is something too. Have the pressure of winning a national title at home. It almost reminds me of that Baylor team uh, from that, I think it was 2000. Fifteen that virginia upset in the semifinals uh, that was a senior lace team that you know just kind of cracked under the pressure of playing in front of that home crowd and again that virginia team was phenomenal so not sure if there's an equivalent in the draw this year but yeah you know all of the storylines uh, you know i wrote about this on crack rackets and if you haven't go check it out uh wake forest is the team and if they, the bigger stock will be if they don't win not if they do yeah I, it, it'll be interesting i think they're i i think uh, and
1: I picked them, so don't get me wrong. I picked them, and, uh, <laughs> but, but I think they're very, I, what I can't get out of my head is I watched the live stream of the ITA kickoff. Uh, and I don't know if you saw any of that, but I, I think they, I, I feel like they lost to Vanderbilt and shouldn't have even gone to indoors. Um, uh, so, and I can't remember whether it was three or four. So it was either Baker Newman or Billy Rowe, One of those two guys, uh, or it might have even been at five for Billy Rowe at that point. But one of those guys, it was a three-all match, serving for the match, he hits an ace that I think it was Kungu, but called out and doesn't get overruled. And, you know, obviously I'm watching on a camera. I can't tell. I don't know. But, you know, he put his arms up when he hit the serve as if, hey, we just won. The guys are starting to rush the court. And, oh, wait, hold on. No, it was out. And then they turn around and lose the match. Uh,
0: so, but isn't that half the fun of college tennis? But, In a yeah, nutshell,
1: yeah. But but the fact that you can that that at home indoors you almost lost to Vanderbilt. You know they they can be beaten. It's not like they can't be beaten, and they're not going to get and you know any easy matches here. Out Columbia is probably as <laughs> that's as easy as it's going to get, and that you know uh, I think they'll get through that okay. But but after that. Uh, you know, there's, there's nothing easy. So they're going to have to win three more tough matches.
0: Uh, no, no, I compl- I completely agree with you. Again, it's nice to play at home. Having Petros at two singles is a cheat code. Probably the single strongest position out of any team in the country. I mean, the guy, but he went 0 and 2 this weekend. I mean, it's a joke. It, it yeah. really is. The guy's just so good. And yeah, it, it'll be fun to watch them. Uh, I'm going to assume you're picking Wake Forest in that one. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Then yeah. let's do a quick tangent because you know it is the Great Job Podcast. So what would it be without a good tangent? um You know, you talk about this Wake Forest team, and one story off the court has been, you know, there's an incident during the ACC men's tournament final where Borna Gojo was caught making a bad call, and, you know, if you are a fan of college tennis, you know hooking happens in every match. It's just an inescapable thing, and a player who I will not call out by name uh, at the regional this weekend was up a break in the second set after losing the first, did the, i am going to block the line Jeb as line judge as this lob goes over my head and call it out no matter what to solidify my hold got overruled brought it to the deuce point the other team's player won and the match was over um so you can guess which team it was because the score was 4-0 but it was you know again to me though that's my favorite moment in college tennis i love it i love the mind games i love it all uh just give me a perspective on hooking. You know, what what do you think about it going into this weekend? Will it play a factor, or do you expect it to be under control?
1: Oh no! It well, whether whether it's going to happen and whether it's going to play a factor may might be two different answers. It's going to happen. There's no doubt. I mean, <laughs> it, it it always happens. Right now. Now that being said, that is it, it is one of my my pet peeves. You know, and I told I used to take you know my nephew around all the national junior tournaments and all and even at that age you know i, I told him hey if i see that from you if i see you throw a racket if i see you hook a kid intentionally I'll, I'll just walk on the court and you're done right that's that's the end of it it just you know you want to beat the kid with your best stuff not because you cheated him out of a call uh and but it, but that being said it's going to happen and some of these guys some you know some of them i think they, they truly they, you know after the fact, they would truly say, I didn't really want to hook them, but they get in the heat of the moment. And you want the ball to be out so bad that you call the ball out. Uh, but so it, it's, it's absolutely, you know, going to happen. Now, hopefully there are, there are line judges and, uh, and, and things in place. But, you know, what I, what I always find interesting to me are the ones where you get the overrule that costs you, whether it be a point or a game, it actually has an impact on the match.
0: I, I was going to say, uh, uh, sorry to cut you off. A certain someone I know who would request that he remain nameless beat a certain other player's team uh, on an overrule. It was in, uh, he on a game point for five three that gave him the match six three, and that team went on to clinch their first. Uh, league title since you know 19 19- whatever i'm not going to say his name though because otherwise he will cut it from the pod but a certain uh fax meegner is his name and uh he did a really good job and so yeah hooking is a thing it, it's a phenomenon that happens and i agree it'll certainly play a role i, I have to ask are you a boy scout no Where you because you turn in your articles on time you make sure your nephews behave I mean, all these signs are pointing to, you know, a disciplined background.
1: Yeah. Well, they, yeah, that's, that's just, yeah. Uh, not a Boy Scout, unfortunately. But, no, it's, it, yeah, that's
0: the way <laughs> I <do>. am. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear it. Again, this is why college tennis is so fun. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. I, like you, am taking Lake Forest. And I want to correct myself. I said I had them to win or had them winning. I did have them winning. I have changed my picks since then, hedged my bets, uh, you know, now that sports gambling is legal, I actually placed wagers on both of these teams because I could find that, pet that immediately, but uh, we'll get into that. Uh, so, TCU, Illinois, sorry for that. Probably on paper by UTR, again, you're the expert, but is this the closest match? At least one through four?
1: No, actually one through four, one's the only, I mean, tight, tight match there. The huge advantage to Trevor Johnson at two, pretty over good Over Brown
0: or over Hiltzik?
1: Over Brown, okay, yeah. And then Nunez actually is all, about a three tenth UTR above uh, Hiltzik at at three. So, uh, but th- but those are the only two advantages TCU's got on on paper. And and the big thing for you know some of those other matches are toss ups. I mean Vukic is is effectively a toss up at one. The the killer for TCU with Alistair Gray out and everybody sliding up a spot is they're just they're when they play the good teams, they're going to be a prohibitive underdog at five and six, uh, and and five is uh, five at least. the Krueger can still probably win some matches. Maybe six, they're probably you know they're they're mailing that one in every match.
0: Well, I mean Zeke Clark, for every match he wins, his spine hunches over that much more. Like on the court. If you've ever seen him play, you know those highlights. He's always in the set position.
1: Yeah. Uh, I yeah. saw him play because he, I watched him play. Uh, Trevor played him at All Americans. And so I watched that entire <laughs> match. Uh, that was one of the, my best matches of the year. Yeah, get that guy a
0: chiropractor. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you have to imagine Zeke's the prohibitive favorite. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if. is How is the UTR doubles system? Is that a thing? Not really a thing.
1: It, it is. I don't really pay it any attention because I believe, and I, I won't guarantee this is still the case, but I believe what they do, uh, or what they had done was uh, was take the 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 singles UTRs, put them together, but then uh, and effectively that you're getting points based off the singles UTRs combined of the team you're beating. Uh, so they do a UTR, but uh, it's I don't know how you know. How truly accurate that is. So I don't. I honestly never look at you doubles utrs.
0: Can I? When we talked to Lisa Stone uh, a couple of months back, she brought up UTR and she's a staunch proponent of it, and she really persuaded me. But my whole argument was, you know, as a doubles player, until I figure out the doubles, it's all bull. Like until you can quantify that I am better than someone at doubles, I'm out on you. So come on, Stephen Armitage first job, you gotta qualify that or quantify it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah but- I was going to say that. So the, so, the one thing that I really want to see from UTR, and I've talked to uh, to some of the guys there, because obviously, being the data nerd I am, right? But, <laughs> so, so here was my dream. I contacted them. I talked to them, and I said, "Hey, guys, here's what I want to do. I don't even." So, they do a power six, right? Which is basically the the combined total of the top six UTRs on the team. Um, which, to me, to use your words, that's <laughs> so, I don't care what you're, it's, you know, you take a team that's got a really, really good one and everything else is weak. Well, they're still going to, they're still going to get a fair number of points in their total because of that really strong one. Uh, but, uh, or even if they have one and two through four are good, but five and six stink, if you're mailing in two matches every week, you're going to have a hard time winning no matter what your total is. So what I really wanted, what I would really like to do is I would like to to put together a rank of uh, a a ranking of college teams uh, that basically took the UTRs but what I want to do is take those UTRs side by side and go, okay, you're a you're a one-tenth favorite. What is a you know, if you're a one-tenth favorite, what percentage of the time do you win the match? You win fifty-two percent? Okay, I'll give you a fifty you get a 0.52 for that match, the other guy gets 0.48, right? And then you go, okay, now there's a quarter difference or a half difference. And just do that down the line for the six players in the lineup. And then run every combination. Go, you play every team, and, and and basically total them all up, and you'll see how how strong. Maybe get down to the top twenty five and do it again. But what shocked me is uh, they don't they don't capture that data. They they know like how often does somebody that's a one point favorite win. But to me, that's that's way that's way too large a, a grouping. I want it by like tenth, a quarter at worst. But I'd love it by every tenth. And I thought, wow, for for a for a company that's doing you know that that's money here is data. They they need to do that. So hopefully, I can uh, talk to those guys. They actually asked me to send them some uh, request in an email, which I haven't done yet. But uh, but that's what I would love to could really get into the UTRs and go. All right, now I'm going to use their rankings to predict you know college rankings.
0: I'm gonna have to take away your boy scout medal because you left a task undone but that's okay that's okay it's, everyone gets i just have to say i i ate dinner tonight but i am salivating that is an idea i mean to work in the probabilities the percent chance how in how indicative of is it of you as a favorite will you win if you know your utr is that much higher how valuable is the utr in terms of actually projecting those things it's it's all money to my ears and i i've said i want to look into utr closer because i really just don't understand the math behind it right now Uh, i just haven't had a chance to examine it so that is one of my summer projects as well uh you know when i have the, the the beat on that me you lisa stone we'll do a utr pod and we'll hash out all the basics all right but I, I can hear Dave Roditi's hat shaking in the background because we didn't give a prediction for Illinois TCU. Let's talk about it. You know, Vukic, Rybakov, a classic matchup. Two guys who you know have been stalwarts in college tennis now for, you know, and Rybakov three, Vukic four years. Uh, who you got leading their team to victory?
1: I, I, I think you have to take Illinois for, for two reasons. One, they beat them during the season when they had Alistair Gray, uh, right? And I think that was a 5-2 match. And now they're without Alistair Gray. I, it's, it's, it's a tough ask. They, it can be done. I, I think, actually, that the keep, it, it will come down in my mind for, for TCU to really have a shot. Stalder is going to have to win uh, at four. I'm, I'm going to mail in five and six, which means TCU's either got to take doubles and three of the top four Or if they lose doubles, they have to take all of the top four, which can be done. I expect them to win at two. I kind of expect Nunez to win at three. Uh, And like you said, Vukic and Rybakov, that's a a toss-up. I I think it'll come down for them to have a shot as as Stalder is going to have to win what I would call an upset uh, in that match
0: so as you mentioned these two teams have played earlier this year illinois did win 5-2 but a lot of the matchups have changed since then you know back then vukic and hiltzik played one doubles now it's brown and chakravarti who play number one and you have vukic and hiltzik split up throughout the lineup similarly in singles vukic played johnson and beat him 7-6 in the third while Rybakov played hiltzik at two and beat him 12 10 in a breaker. so you know neither of those matchups will be the same you know you also have alex brown moving up to two singles it looks like hiltzik's going to be playing number three for the tournament um also on a side i thought hiltzik's upside was so high i thought his forehand is Federer esque and i don't mean in terms of the results i just mean in terms of the form it's so beautiful and he's so quick and you know he is a fellow Jewish player, so I got to root for my fellow Jews out there. Uh, but you know it's interesting to see him move down to three singles. I think him versus Nunez is a sneaky good match. You know, as you mentioned, for TCU to win, they've got to take the doubles point, and I think they need one, two, and probably four singles.
1: Fair assessment, but but so now I have to ask because I knew I was going to get hit, so I did my Alex Gruskin research. Okay. <laughs> i like it <laughs> so give given that you've called out hiltic as being a fellow jew did he also win back-to-back jayson <laughs> <McCabe Olympic>
0: wakavi title <laughs> 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 all right well first of all mom i told you i was famous right? i know you're <laughs> listening to this podcast see someone else knows uh but i that's so funny that you mentioned that so you will bring me back to i believe i was what 14 the first time or anyway, yeah 14 and 15 turning 16 uh the second year i mean look I, would it be a stretch to say i'm a young duty sailor maybe would it, would it be a stretch to say i'm a young aaron krikstein definitely uh but would it be a stretch to say i balled back in the day no it wouldn't uh yeah those are some very fun results uh yeah, the, the one in Israel was really special. It was a ton of fun. I actually, my doubles partner, Max Rothman, I swear he played my first year. He claims he didn't. But I, I'm pretty certain I remember beating the guy who beat him uh, in the quarterfinals. And he will deny it till he dies, but it proves I'm a better tennis player than him. So that's really the most important part of those factoids. Really, given that he was a three-star and you were a two-star? Well, the three, okay, the three, again, <laughs> now you're getting me into this, the fact that they don't account for doubles. I, I got a couple state titles to my name. I think me and Rothman could have played three doubles for this Michigan team, and they could have talked Leo and Knight together, and we'd be rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm completely kidding. Uh, I'm not very good, and I'm aware of that. Uh, Rothman only got a three star because a, a certain coach must have, or uh, Colette Lewis must have seen his serve and fallen in love, am just like, "Give that man a three star."
1: And so, it's uh, all I, say, I, don't, I don't think I don't think they would take you at three dubs when you guys <laughs> lost six two in the club championships
0: last year. <laughs> oh my gosh, he went there. Did you watch any of the match? No, I did not. Oh, it's a YouTube question. I will say this: Max and I had not lost the match our entire senior year, and we went—you know—shameless plug here. Shout out to you, Rothman, thirty-nine and four in our three years together. Uh, but yeah, I dropped a fucking bomb in that match. I could not make a serves. It was the serving under the lights. I you know, Michigan you play indoors and it was a night match and I was just fucked. I could not see the ball and nothing I was so distracted. Cece Bellis was doing the commentary. I just wanted to look good. I was like, all right, like come on CeCe, this is my chance to break in. I have a podcast like on the rise and it just uh, the pressure got to me.
1: Oh, uh, all right. We've exhausted my Alex Dreskin trivia, so... Uh. <laughs>
0: I was going to say, cue the applause. That was well done. A well-done research all the way around. Um, and I have a trivia section for you. Don't you worry. But oh, I'm sure. <laughs> again, now I hear Brad Dancer is stopping on me, you know, his favorite dance move because we didn't give a prediction. What do you okay. got? Get, get, so. Yeah, getting back to it. Yeah,
1: back back, back to the, the real stuff here. I, I'll take Illinois 4-2.
0: Illinois 4 2. You know what? I'm down for that. I, I, do I want to be spontaneous? Uh, no. I like Hiltsic. I like Vukic. I like the Big Ten. Fight on the line. Uh, fun fact. <laughs> i feel see i always feel a little bad when i give out these fun facts because my tennis game really was below average it is the least entertaining you know I, that's why we don't talk about my tennis results we talk about the professionals uh but you know we owned illinois club team over the years and so i yeah i don't want illinois fans to think i'm biased against them when they look at the results like you did and see that we were constantly pounding on them uh <laughs> So for that reason, just kidding, Illinois fans, give me the Illini. I, I agree, four two. They're going to take five and six singles. I actually think TC wins the dubs, but I think in the end, Vukic wins. Yeah, and I think, and I think Illinois wins at four singles as well. So I'll take Illinois at four two. Okay, moving on to our last half of the draw or last quarter of the draw. I apologize to my stats teacher at Michigan. This is the main reason we wanted to have you on today beyond your extraordinary good looks and your tennis insights is because we have a whole quarter of the draw dedicated to your SEC conference in the top half, A&M, Alabama, bottom half, Florida, Mississippi. I know you have eyes everywhere and it seems like you can cover every match, but you're probably only going to be able to watch one of these. If you are a fan in Winston-Salem, which match do you go to? Uh, Florida Ole Miss. Well, how do you say that? Is it you love Devin Britton you just everything he's given to the SEC? <laughs> no, hey,
1: Devin's actually been very kind to me and, and sent me some great some great messages uh, uh, on, online. But I, in, in addition to that, right, uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, favorite coaches is at, at Florida, who, who used to be with us at Mississippi State and Tanner Stump. But no, I, I think it's more because I'm intrigued with the old miss lineup because they've now got Gus Hansen back who is out the entire year didn't even play in the SEC tournament and they in, they've inserted him now uh, in the NCAA tournament and uh, and it's I'm interested to see a if if he can actually be competitive enough to win a match but but really it doesn't matter because they had to they had to get him healthy enough just to be able to put him in the lineup i don't even know if he's really capable of winning a match but him pushing everybody else back down a spot is more valuable than him actually being able to win because with what they had playing at six they were giving up six no matter what and then pushing everybody up a spot higher far better to to to, even if even if Hanson's a sacrificial lamb which he didn't look to be he didn't win but he didn't look to be a sacrificial lamb uh that it's it's probably interesting granted Alabama's hot but Texas A&M is just way too good. I expect that one to be way, way, way too lopsided. Uh, and so uh, I think we have a better chance at seeing uh, a great match with Florida-Mississippi. I honestly don't expect either one of these to, to really uh, be all that close, but I think Mississippi has a better chance of, of providing us with a close match.
0: I completely agree with you, and we're over an hour in, so for the sake of brevity, just very quickly, you're taking Texas A&M in a blowout? Yeah, I, I'll take
1: A&M 4 one if Bama can manage to get doubles. They don't get anything in
0: well, what's amazing is they played earlier this year and it was a five-two result. Bama took the doubles point and actually, you know, they won a third set breaker at one singles. So, right. you know, all the are all but one of the other matches was in straight set. Oh no, no, sorry, they did not win the doubles points. My fault. Alabama actually won the six singles match as well, so that's where the two came from. So, yeah, you know, this A&M team has beaten this Alabama team before. Um, uh, yeah, so again, for the sake of brevity, I agree. I'm going to take A&M 4 Just too much talent. Kipson, uh, I said earlier, Sabine might be the best freshman left in college tennis. That's a lot. Kipson is. And just him you know, being able to play Rinderneck at two. God willing there will be a Rinderneck free Sokos battle at two singles and just, you know, two players who could be playing one for any other school. Uh, and we'll get to see that later on. But I agree with you. A and M rolls in that one. Let's talk about if Minnesota wasn't the best team of the first weekend, Mississippi had to have been. They beat Duke four three in the first round. Shock Stanford four three in the second round. Stanford the number four overall seed and that's a match. I actually, you know, I went to that Michigan match on Sunday and was so you know It was also Mother's Day and was so exhausted. I was watching Stanford cruising, and Fawcett was up the set. Geller was up in the first set. Fombo was rolling. Chinsky was rolling. Kumar had just broken back. I was like, all right, Stanford's going to win. I can go to sleep. I like, can get a nap in before my Mother's Day dinner. And I was so wrong. I should have stayed awake for this match. I just I can't believe
1: it. Yeah, it was it was really unbelievable. Like you said, if even in the first sets that they ended up winning, they were up. You know, you had Fawcett, Famba, and uh, and Jennison were all. They were all five five love or five one in the first, and two of those I think came back and ended up being being close sets, but they still got them all. But yeah, real. I mean, I mean. Yeah, I don't know what to say other than Jennison, laid. He he laid a big egg. I mean that. Yeah, he re- he in that too. breaker. Uh, and then obviously he just he was tight. I mean he couldn't hit a forehand to save his life. I mean um,
0: he, he had how many match points did he have? Did he have any match points at all?
1: Oh, he was up six three in the second set breaker. Right. yeah. And so he had he- and he had a match point prior to that. That uh, I'm trying. I think he double faulted
0: that one. So he had four match points. Yeah, and just, you know, for this Ole Miss team, you look at them, they have to have confidence at the two and three singles position, you know, with Sam Cullen, and I apologize if I pronounced that wrong, taking out Geller and taking out uh, the Duke players, Stokowiak. I, I'm not sure exactly how to say it, but we have a master that who works for Crack Rackets, so we'll go with that pronunciation. Um, and, you know, three singles as well. There are three singles players. Gets win over Mateus and then as well as Kumar. Uh, I don't know. This Florida team is a year early, as we mentioned. Once they get Refice, once they get Greif, you have Oliver Crawford. I believe Perez is a junior. Inglitson, uh, Perez Blanco, Kessler, Shamil Chamazo, Hasenboss Incorporated. You know, all of those guys next year are going to be ridiculous. And, you know, Florida is one of two teams this season already to have beaten the number one team, Wake Forest. Uh, another team I had in a dark horse article that'll never see the light of day because it picked Georgia as well. But should I be sleeping on this Florida team? You know, or can they you know, take care of business against a
1: hot Mississippi? Uh, absolutely. I mean, that's four, four, five, and six. Now, I'll say, Gray Hamilton plays over, you know, he, he plays above when you look at his paper rating, if you will, or you're looking at his UTR, he plays above that. He can give Andre a match at, at four, but Florida's not gonna is not gonna lose at five and six and I don't and, and as hot as Kraljevich is, asking him to beat Alfredo Perez who played, you know, one for them all of last year and the start of this year until he kinda got in Whatever a rut, a slump whatever you want to call it right was just struggling a little but he's a ridiculous three uh, I I don't see him him losing a three they I don't even know what to make of one right is Hanson legit at this point if he's really legit he can beat Crawford Crawford can beat him you know that could be a toss up uh, San Collin can definitely beat Ingleton, it's a it's another toss-up type match but florida is a prohibitive favorite the rest of the lineup three through six so uh and florida plays great doubles so i they're gonna have a hard time i i I like i like florida in the doubles uh and then i i think they get i think they get three you know three of the matches at three through six uh and it's a 4041 match
0: so a couple rants off of this one number one And I apologize, Westoff, for all the quacks. But how the f*** did coaches not challenge Alfredo Perez at three singles? Is that not the most, re- I mean, Chris said at two is a joke as well, but Perez at three is a guy who's been top 10 in the country the past two years, a guy who has been a, st- I think he reached number one a couple of years ago. I mean, to have him play below England's who's skinnier than a pencil and Crawford, a freshman. If I'm a coach, I'm saying, hold the phone. Like what is going on here?
1: Yeah. And they actually moved him down uh, a, a, a little bit ago, they had a, they were actually playing. Uh, they just flip flopped Engleton and Crawford. They were they had Ingleton at one and Crawford at two. So the so uh, I guess uh, an even bigger tangent here. I think the biggest shock with this lineup is isn't the way the lineup looks. It's who's not in the lineup, uh, and that's Duarte
0: Valle. Oh, so, that was my second tangent is what what happened to him? Where would he go? He couldn't win a match. I mean, saw him. At, I believe he lost that Michigan. I saw him play that one, or he might have beaten Shout, but he was impressive. Yeah, he. So they started
1: the year right. Perez one, Ingleson two, Valle three, Crawford four. Uh, and I think they they flip flopped a couple times between Valle and Crawford playing uh, playing at three and four, and uh, and then as they got into the dual match season, Valle just he, he couldn't win, and they dropped him. Uh, they dropped him from four to five. He didn't win. They moved five. Next thing you know, he's just, he's out of the lineup altogether. Now, now granted he could play anytime. I mean, obviously with six, you can, you know, you can play whoever you want at six, regardless of what the lineup is. Cause you can pull everyone else. But uh, so he, he could find his way in, but uh, you know, Kessler's to me, Kessler's the heart of the team. And even if he's not in, he'll still be, he'll still be the heart of the team from, from the side. But I, I think they've got to, uh, I think they got to keep him in the lineup and play him. So, so yeah, volley may in, may indeed just just be sitting, which is a you know that's a, a shock from from you know how highly touted he was coming in. Uh, and I don't know if that's just been a you know struggle adapting to the to, to whatever coming over from Portugal or, or not. But but yeah, that's that's a big shock to me. But I don't. I'm with you. I I I can't uh, can't imagine beating alfredo at three Uh, i don't you know he's it's a ridiculous three it was it it was i don't i don't think it was ever challenged even in the sec uh when when they did move him down there but uh it was kind of one of those things i think that the the coaches probably looked at and said well yeah it's kind of deserved because he he, he'd been
0: struggling you know you uh you talk about oliver crawford and So, again, uh, I'm going to play my tennis nerdum card here. I have seen a lot of uh, tennis in my days, and we're going to go back to the the alias of Fax Mleegner, a friend of mine who will go unnamed, but... You might be aware of who that actually is. And he played Tal Mizzou back in the day. And so we went to watch him play. And I think he stuck around until the quarterfinals. And on that day, I watched Tommy Paul, who was sick. But he played a kid named Oliver Crawford, and he beat him 5-4 and four in that match. And I remember the entire time, yeah, everyone loved Paul. That was the year he had won the Junior French Open. But I remember saying, who is that kid he is playing across the net? And you look at Oliver Crawford, just so solid. Just the guy is not going to beat himself. He's going to be out there. You know, this is a cliche, but he will grind to every ball. He's going to be competing, and, you know, he's going to be moving you side to side. so physically fit, a guy who has played tennis, you know, throughout the world at all the highest levels in the juniors. Uh you know, maybe Perez could play too, but Crawford's a really exciting freshman. You just talk about that depth, as you mentioned. I don't even know who Andy Andrade is. I hadn't heard of him until this Miami match, and, you know, these guys, like Wake Forest, like those Virginia teams of old, they can throw so many different things at you in the bottom of the lineup, and when you have that depth four through six, especially when it's NCAA time, when all of the top teams have incredible tops of the lineups, and, you know, all those results can fluctuate, having this depth that. Florida does is so important, and as you mentioned as well, you know all of their doubles teams are ranked. You have Perez and Englandson at one, Perez Blanco and Crawford at two, Kessler and Ballet at three. Uh, This team's got depth. They've got experience. You know, Virginia's knocked them out the past couple of years, but that doesn't mean they haven't made the Sweet 16. Uh, This is, you know, there's so many reasons why you can make a compelling case for Florida to be the Dark Horse, as we mentioned earlier, one of two teams to beat Wake Forest earlier this year. It's a young team that's so talented. Uh, you know, I, I, I've ranted about them enough, but you look back at the result, they beat Ole Miss 6-1 earlier this year. And in that match, actually Perez played one and won his match in a third set breaker. Englidson, uh did he DNF? Inglitson won his match in three sets. Uh, you talk about Valle losing. He lost at four singles, two and three. But Crawford won one and one, and Perez Blanco and Kessler cleaned up at the bottom yes i don't think florida will struggle with his old miss team and even though they're playing texas a&m who beat them during the sec year and might be the favorite i, I, I really like this florida team to emerge out of the bottom half of the draw now that stanford's gone it's a very that was quite awesome. the rant sure. that, that that rant might be its own episode <laughs> <laughs> oh but so are you sticking with me you like the florida pick there i do all right. So that is all of our recaps of uh, this. You know, all the recaps of the weekend and go through the Sweet Sixteen. Just a reminder, our quarterfinals now on top. We both predicted Wake Forest versus Illinois, Ohio State versus Mississippi State. Wow, we should really uh, stop doing the same things. a versus Florida, and our one differing, but only because they're my boys. North Carolina versus UCLA slash Michigan. Right, let's do a quick run through of these elite eight teams. I want you to you know make your cases for all these top teams, and then I want to end with a fun little trivia gimmick. But let you know, let's let's breeze through this. You know these projections. Uh, we have Wake Forest, Illinois. Who you got there?
1: Uh, I'll take Wake Forest. I mean, I think I, I, I can't back out
0: now. I took them to win, yeah. so uh, they're at home. I'm, I'm sticking with them. All right, let, real quick tangent. Of course, I just say we should speed up, and I go on a tangent. But you and I were both part of a tennis recruiting panel, and uh, you know it was funny because the wise take seemed to be to pick a oklahoma to lose in their regional of course everyone just got it wrong who they were losing to but you know the conventional wisdom really is wake forest taking this and in. in the spirit of gambling being illegal if you had to set odds you know percent chances of wake forest winning what are your percent chances given the that there's still 16 teams left uh given yeah exactly you're the math guy you're the utr wizard where are they at Wow. I'll, I, at this point, I would probably give you four to one. So that's what I was going to say. If I said, uh, oh, all right, this a little, a little inspired Bill Simmons uh, podcast gamble. If I said you can take Wake Forest at two to one odds, or you can have the rest of the field at eight to one, what would you oh, take? The field, for sure. You take the field at eight to one? Yes. Oh, interesting. Same thing. Let's go. Wake Forest ten to one, though, and the field also ten to one. Which bet do you take? Still the field? Oh, still. Yeah, you're basically
1: giving me a fifty fifty prop. I take the field. I don't so know. There's, the fifty fifty.
0: How how long do we just spend raving about the talent on Wake Forest? I feel like right there that was a backpedal. No. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, they're ridiculously talented. I still think they're very susceptible
1: down low. Five and six, they could lose any match. It's it, you know you got to beat them in dubs but I mean there's some really good teams out there they're great sure but whether they're playing Texas A&M or Florida they still got to get by Illinois Illinois will be favored at 5 and 6 against them if Illinois gets there it could be TCU if they get TCU Their TCU will not be favored at 5 and 6 but uh, you know and then coming from the other side all, look, all of those teams they're, they're going to have to win three very hard matches can they do it absolutely but uh, you know it's when when you're playing three matches that tough after assuming they get by Colombia that's you know.
0: Yeah, I, what, what, it's I've it's noticed, it's what I've noticed is you're too intelligent to be baited into doing the prediction game with me, which is totally fair. So I'm going to make this easier for us. Who are your finalists and your potential champion? Let's just get right to the good stuff. You know, f- the other projections, because that's so, so speculative. And as Minnesota, Minnesota and old Miss showed, you know, all of that can be thrown up in the air. So, you know, push comes to shove. We've broken down both sides of the draws. We've talked about all of these teams. Who are your two finalists? I, I
1: I go all chalk and, uh, and and take your boys going down obviously in the next match and I'll take UCLA on that side and I'll take Wake on the other side and, and I say Wake wins. It.
0: You say it's a rematch of the national indoor final. Yep. You you just talked me into why Wake wouldn't be a favorite at five and six. Uh, what I if, know if, it's, so, it's so hard. I I don't think they will be, but I I think they can win without even winning at five and six. <laughs> do you listen to basketball podcast by any chance no okay well you remind me of kevin arnovitz which is a very high compliment from the podcast world you just have this way of sifting through these picks and calling out the bullshit for what it is that i very much appreciate all of that is my long way of saying it's crazy how you cannot take how you don't see that unc is the Prohibitive dark horse. That the storyline, the narrative is just drawing up perfectly for them. They lose to Wake Forest twice in a row, but now they, you know, they have the senior laden team, or you know, not senior leading, but this experienced team. You have the best player in college sense Will Blumberg, at top. Senior leadership from Kelly Boyden at five, like you mentioned, uh, Seguin at six, at two, uh, you know. You have the options of Peck, you have uh, the options of Mac Tiger, you have Anu Kadali, just so much depth. This North Carolina team can play it all. I think they upset UCLA. I see a UNC-Wake Forest All-ACC Final for the second year in a row, and uh, all that is said, like, okay, another point I want to make, and I'm interrupting myself midpoint as is per usual, but... One of the fun things about this year's tournament in particular is in these past maybe even seven years, you knew the Virginia teams, you knew the USC teams with Steve Johnson were going to win. It really was, you know, as much controversy as there might have been of, oh, this team could make the finals. And sure, if his Oklahoma or Baylor teams or whatever, the teams who have gotten hot these past few years uh, play well enough, maybe they could give Virginia or USC a scare. But, you know, it's been so much more easily predictable and this year that's just not the case there are five legitimate teams who could win
1: yeah maybe more
0: (laughs) oh that wasn't even including my wolverines you're right maybe six teams. (laughs) 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 um so yeah i like unc wake forest I'm really going to take UNC, you know, best, best player versus the best team. How often have we seen LeBron James come through? I, you know, LeBron is a, is a tough comparison for any player to live up to, but Will Blumberg in singles and doubles, he does it all. I just think he has that much more. And according to Jack Wake Forest, you know, they do tend to get tight. And as you mentioned. Uh, Jack being Jack Murray, and as you mentioned, that Vandergoat match. We've seen them be shaky before. It'll be Bresky's first finals appearance. You, you just, oh, you, you never know what that pressure is going to be like for a team until they face it. It brings me back to that Virginia team in 2012. Mike Chabaz, Alex Damajan, that lost to the two-time defending champs USC team, even though on paper Virginia was just clearly the more talented team. I really like the Tar Heels. I'm all in on that team. I, if you can't tell, Rob Kelly is my man crush Monday. Uh, but just beyond, yeah, I, just, I like them. I think they're going to win, and I, I I'm not ashamed to make the pick.
1: All right. Well, well, we will have to we will have to watch. Uh, should it be UNC versus what? either Michigan or UCLA, but especially <laughs> UCLA, where I think that they, they go down. We'll have to sit and watch that one.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, the loser buys the Chipotle. Uh, We'll put put double meat on it to make it interesting. All right, there we go. (laughs) I like it. Well, you know, again, this phone, I've I've kept you on here for far too long, and I know you're a busy guy. So I just want to do one more thing. with Well, two more things before we go with you. I always have to put our guests through a rapid-fire segment. But before that, we're playing our favorite gimmick. It's one I know you were prepared for and you've been doing a little research for. We are playing everyone's favorite gimmick. It's time for Alex's Trivia. off cue the new sound effect. Now, on a side note, I, I asked Westoff specifically to make it the Prices Right sound effect because I was a big Prices Right guy growing up, and I you know they just go, you know, Chris, hilarious, come on down. <laughs> a, you're the next contestant on Alex's Trivia. And same thing, if you bet over, you are a loser, so when in doubt, go with the 99-cent call. Uh, just kidding, that's a Price is Right joke for our fans out there. Um, also, on, on a side note, if I said I have taken the jump from the Captain or Commander Riker to Jean-Luc Picard role, would you get what I was referencing? I am not
1: a big Star Trek guy,
0: so... Uh, I, but so you kind of got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I tell Dalton nowadays. I say I'm the Riker to his Picard. Uh, just to, you know, keep it interesting. But that, it's, <laughs> whatever, that's a tangent for another time. So let's get to the trivia questions. In the theme of the, uh, yeah, that was a long, look, I did a podcast before this. This is hour three of podcasting. I'm loose. Uh, you know, I'm two Coronas away from being hammered. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, Mom, just kidding. No, I'm not. Um, but let's get to this SEC tennis trivia section. As you know, I was born in 1995. By that time, you already had three feces in my UTRs. So you uh, that's where our trivia questions are going to start. Uh, all of these questions are going to be since 1995, just so you know. Okay. Okay, and again, the theme is SEC players and teams. So since 1995, four SEC individual teams, I'm not naming that could be one program, it could be four programs, have won NCA team championships. Can you name the teams and the years?
1: Well I know Georgia won in 07 and 08. That's uh, two of them. So
0: uh my hint to you is in this pre in our pregame call, who did I say controversially may be the best tennis player of all time? That's the years. Matthias Booker. George Bush presidency Holy cow. really beginning nine okay, so Clinton last year, ninety nine, and then two thousand one, both also Georgia teams. Oh. So all for Georgia. Yeah, and do you know since nineteen ninety five only eight schools have won the NCAA title? Or at least the guys title. Apologies.
1: That doesn't surprise me. We got a a boatload of
0: USC UCLA, so Stanford titles. that stuff. leads us into our next question. Can you name the eight schools? Oh, Oh come on! This oh, is I'm,
1: an this is an easy one. This is an easy one. Well, I got to go with USC, UCLA, uh, Stanford.
0: Uh, and again, since nineteen ninety five,
1: we've got Georgia in there. That's four. Um, You're forgetting one very very obvious one. Uh Virginia, obviously. There we go. The Brusky boys. I would assume. Boy, I don't know if Florida actually.
0: No, no, I mean, no more I SEC think no,
1: teams. No because no SEC schools have, I know, have been in there since then. Um, yes, and I
0: will say my Maccabi back-to-back titles are more impressive than any of these remaining schools' title runs. But Illinois, maybe? Oh there it is. Maybe one of the quietly best teams of all time. That Illinois team with Anderson, Rom, uh, you know, all of those guys. Uh, yes, Illinois. That's six. Two more tough ones, both only one at once. A uh, uh, secret candidate to take over Stephen Amartaj's old job at the USDA. I, I feel like I just read this, too, but it was, my goodness, I thought it was like Harvard. No, it's, uh, <laughs> all right, I want to give you another obscure hint. Let's go in. Mate Ziga played five for them back in the, back in the day.
1: Oh, yeah, that's way too obscure for me.
0: <laughs> okay, Julian Lenz. Oh, Baylor. Yeah, Baylor with the Benjamin Becker teams. And one more, this coach no longer coaches for this school, but he's someone I consider my guy. And these really are obscure hints. Um, all right, Sebastian Fanislo. No. Oh, wow. I've really been in the game for two. This proves I need a girlfriend. Um, all right. Uh, I'm trying I, – I don't I know who's, who was on this team back in the day, but it was Pepperdine, Malibu's finest.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, that, that wasn't just uh, – well – they filled yeah, the that, job today he, he didn't it wasn't open today that was that's been open for several days
0: that's For pepperdine it. no but i was saying for Baylor cuz matt and noel resigned today
1: oh yeah yeah no yeah pepperdine i mean uh adam shectly from notre dame took that job today but that was yeah. but uh but they had let uh, let uh let the other coach go what i don't know a week ago two weeks ago
0: uh, and i believe there are sanctions against them or against their program i'm not sure exactly what they did but I'm sure that had to do with a lot of the departure. All right, we got, hmm, we'll we'll sneak in a couple more questions. Let's stick with NCAA champions. There have been three NCAA singles champions from the SEC since 1995. Can you name them? I can name
1: two of them, I think. You got Isner twice and J.P. Smith twice. In Uh, singles? Right, is that not? Oh, those. Uh, oh, those were. I'm sorry. I'm thinking.
0: Christopher. About, Christopher. I'm thinking back to back SEC titles. Uh, yeah. So I, I was gonna say, I, I love you, and you are our, our math guru. But you gotta hit these Wikipedia pages.
1: Oh, Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm. I'm I was just thinking. We had. It was a uh, SEC. That's. That's where I was, My head went right away. We. Uh, I know. Uh, so Nuno got SEC Player of the Year second year in a row, and they're, there were two other guys that had done that, and that was
0: Isner and Smith. So, but SEC. JT JP Smith, I'm, I'm down to just have a podcast about him. One of the unsung gems of the tennis. Well, the last Serving guy. He's a great That's, doubles player, right? Oh, um, I, the reason I got into tennis was because I found the Twitter follower Lang, who had a love affair with Ryan Williams, who had the most entertaining highlights in the world when I was like 14. And I was like, oh my God, this is the sport for me um so that's my ryan williams tennessee story um but ryan williams lost in an ncaa singles final can you name the three champions that's how we do a segue here at the great shop podcast
1: yeah oh i <laughs> I, I i don't think i can i'm trying to think who else is on this. Right. So i guess a you're gonna a tell me isner coach. never did
0: no isner lost to somdev in that final at georgia somdev is wow. though i know him in a first name somdev devartman of course um, is one of the others one of the Tennessee guys from one of those years there where they? No, everybody? but one of, one of them is currently coaching a Sweet Sixteen team. I believe he got blown out by Federer in his U.S. Open appearance. Two thousand nine, hottie Tobby. I'm from the state of Great or the country of Great. God save Dev, the Devin Queen. Britt? Devin Britton, yeah, Devin wow. Britton, Ole Miss '09, and then Booker in '01 and '02, and then Jeff Morrison of Florida in 1999. Oh, never would have had that. <laughs> I like the Okay. Now it's time for the last trivia question. Now I'm going to sneak in two more. Sorry, Westhoff. But there has been, in all of history, one Mississippi State men's team that has won an NCAA championship. Can you name the players and the years? There end the year. Oh, my. Nuno, if you see Chris at this match, slap us. Not wow. <laughs> this is your team. He'll see me. So, so you want the, the years
1: of when they won an NCAA championship?
0: No, sorry, an individual championship.
1: Oh, an individual championship. But you're talking out, you're talking the, the fall, not the outdoor like Nuno just won.
0: No. Okay. Do you want to have it? The only real major in college is the NCAA title. Uh, okay. the fall is irrelevant all the cool guys are playing pros so is it just, was, just kidding by the way yeah. was it was it core back in
1: i don't even know what year he was he was there but daniel core um they they did have a doubles i want to say they had a doubles champion
0: here we go it's one doubles championship i oh no,
1: yeah. no it was it was it was a. Oh, okay. So I don't know these guys, so I'm gonna really struggle with the names. It was like early to mid '90s because they they won the SEC in '93, and I saw I want to say it was '93 or '94, and it was like Laurent, someone, and ah, and I can't remember
0: the other guy's name. That is really impressive. Laurent Mickeland or Michelard and Jock Simmons in 1994. Okay. Uh, no, that's a that's a good guess. Well done. I, I mean, uh, look, I don't know shit about Mississippi State tennis, so I would not have known that either. Uh, so yes, I am very very impressed. Okay, last question to well, I'll, I'll give the, the shout out there to John Cade because I this obviously
1: predates any of my Mississippi State knowledge, but but John Cade has has sent me the record book on many occasions when I've asked him questions, uh, which I've perused through. So so any any knowledge I have is due to him. Okay, well then this is the perfect
0: transition place because three times in Mississippi State men's tennis history has the team finished top three or better at NCAAs. Can you name the three years? And if you can, it might be good luck for their season this year. But wow. no pressure. Fini- the, the team finished top three in the rankings. Yes, the, fin- the team finished twice tied for third because back then they did ties and once final ITA ranking of third.
1: Wow. So, I'm I'm going to have to guess, uh, the, these are going to have to be complete guesses, but I'll guess only because that they won the SEC uh, back in 93, that, that maybe 93 is one of those years?
0: We'll give it to you, it was 94, but close, close, close. 93, they, they lost round of 16. They finished 7th. Wow. And then,
1: I'm... Holy cow, I'm going to have to assume the others are actually even... Think single. free Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: now I'm just... So I definitely have no idea there. We're talking, this is LBJ... Like, the like 40th. Yeah, this is... Like 57, or... Oh, okay. As a history major, for you to say LBJ was 57 breaks my heart. I mean... <laughs> That is the Eisenhower. That is the Eisenhower decade. Come on, we got to know our facts. <laughs> Man, if, you, if we're going to break into president
1: trivia, I am out for sure. We're <laughs> well, talking to a
0: math and computer science major here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can tell with your UCR knowledge, but yeah, I'm a, As you can tell, I'm a talker. Uh, so history was the one for me, but the year '66, '67, man, they had some good teams back in those days. You look at these photos. We've got old Bobby Breen, head coach Tom Sawyer, not the uh, book character, and uh yeah, I mean this is a uh, some classic teams. So you know, I, I'm I'm a little offended that you don't know your '60s. Uh, Mississippi State <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that'll,
1: that'll be my my white reading on the um on the trip this weekend i'll uh, I'll, I'll take <laughs> the record book with me
0: oh totally well you know i got to ask you a ton of trivia and you at uh, you asked me about Macaulay, but is there any last things you want to touch on you know anything you want to shout out that you've been working on before we go
1: no, I, although I'm going to give you one and only one because I know you know everything about Michigan. So, and I, and and when you had asked me to be on, I had even said, "Well, I'm going to have to brush up on my Alex Knight trivia." So, <laughs> so I, I know I know you're going to know Alex really well. But the question is, do you know as a as a young junior, whose baseball cap he wore in every
0: match he played? So I'm going to use some context clues here. So Alex Knight, thankfully, has abandoned the hat in college. But he, I believe he's from not Coral Gables, Florida, but somewhere in Florida. Um, so does that make him a Marlins fan? Would he love a young Miguel Cabrera in 1997? No, he wouldn't have been born then. So that's elimination number one. Knight strikes me as a Yankees fan. Everything about him screams Yankees. So we're going to go with either Jeter or
1: A-Rod okay so now so now this will be your follow-up you will have to ask him why because i don't know who he was a big fan of i'm gonna assume maybe jose canseco (laughs) but it was an oakland a's hat
0: it was an oakland a's hat
1: yes oh this guy oh my gosh so I had, you know, in order to do that research, I, of course, had to call my nephew and said, come on, give me something on Alex that I can hit Alex, that I can, that I can hit Greskin with. And he was like, oh my God, I don't know, man. I was like, He goes, oh,
0: every single match he wore that Oakland A's hat. Oh, uh, you have to wonder, like, did he wash it? Because he probably won those matches to the other player crossed, and I was like, what is that smell? And he's like, oh, it's my Oakland Ace hat, you know. Well, I guess, so, so the
1: other one, which is probably more obvious, which is the which is how I knew him from afar, because I'm in Kentucky and my nephew grew up in Florida, uh, and every time I saw them play or were in the same tournament together and I saw his name, what name was on the draw
0: sheets as a junior for him? For Alex Knight? Yeah. Well, maybe Leo, whose real name is Run got the name Leo Knight from Knight. So that would be guess number one. You know, as an Alex, if I was trying to get in someone's head, I would be an Alexander and I would put a Z instead of the X. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> was, was, he, was he the I was going to say the dark knight. No,
1: it's multiple names, which I, you know, I, I guess he he dropped uh, by the time he got to college, and I don't know if that was just a USTA thing, but if you go back and look at any of the USTA results or draw sheets with his name, they're all Alexander John Tripp
0: Knight. <laughs> In honor of Trip Phillips, of course, the UNC coach. There you go. So, you know, another quick tangent, but one of the things you could always tell that you were playing a scrub in the first round of tournaments is if their name was in capital letters because it means the system hadn't filtered them through yet. You're like, oh, this guy's a scrub. So he was probably capital letters, Alex, Trip Phillips, Knight, George, the third, Knight, the third. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but, well, Chris, you know, again, we're about at the two hour mark and I just cannot thank you enough for taking the time to do this. And just for all of your coverage of the sport of college tennis, you know, your college tennis ranks website really was a revelation this year. And, you know, for us who had Bobby Knight to turn to, you were the perfect, I don't want to say replacement because of course Bobby's still in the game, but you were the perfect counterpart to everything he does. So, you know, really appreciate you taking the time to come on this podcast. And, you know, I had, I cajoled you into this earlier, but since we'll both be in Winston Salem, maybe we'll get together again then. Oh, absolutely! Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll hook up there, and uh, and uh, I'm sure we can find some of our now legal sports
0: wagers uh, <laughs> that, uh, that we can make. <laughs> uh, let's parlay a Blumberg winning the singles title or a Bloomberg Kelly doubles title win with a Torpergard singles title win, and see where our odds get to. So I feel like we could get some fun odds for that. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Or do you, you throw Kipson in there as the freshman. Whatever, I'm, I'm nerding out. Now you've got me UTRs, gambling numbers. It's all the same at this point. Then one last time for myself, Alex Gruskin, for our fantastic co-host, Chris Hallorius. Did I get that right? Hallioris. Hallioris, who, again, go follow him at College Tennis Ranks. Go check out his website. For our super producers, Fliegner and Westoff, for everyone at the Crack Rackets team, we say to you, Hey, great shot. (laughs) I love it. And I will see you this weekend, Chris. Take care. All right. You too.
2: Alex, I'll be honest, I haven't said it to you much, but I really don't like your fashion off the court. What, well, you think I wear too many tennis clothes? You know, it's, I mean, yes, but <laughs> it's not that you wear too much tennis clothing, it's just you're not wearing the right type of tennis clothing. What do you mean, there's a specific brand I should be wearing? You clearly haven't heard of the new tennis clothing company called Cross Court Threads. Cross Court Threads, is that going to be something with knitting? No, not exactly, although they do use high-quality material. In fact, they have some pretty unbelievable designs on their website. You're the one who criticizes my clothing, so uh, I'll leave the design choices up to you. What do they got? They've got an awesome Rebel Legend tee with the all-famous Andre Agassi on it, rocking the nice Lechuga out the back. Lechuga, oh my let me tell you, he's got some beautiful flow. But look, (laughs) if you're more of a hat guy, they've also got a nice 40 love hat with some beautiful cursive, but they also have a love all hat for those who are more of that kind of peacemaking kind of vibe. Oh, absolutely. What about for the truckers out there? Any trucker hats? Oh yeah, they've got a trucker hat. A beautiful logo trucker hat with the cross-threads logo on it. And you know, I keep it low-key, but sometimes I wear leggings on the courts. Anything for me? They've got some racer leggings that look perfect for that nice round butt of yours. Goes up to XXL? (laughs) That it does. Awesome. But you know what else they've got, Alex? What's that? They've got a preferred player program. Ooh, preferred? Yeah. Now let me tell you, if you like the designs on the website, if you are also a current and active member of the USTA, you can apply to become a CrossCourt Threads preferred player. You know what comes with it? I don't. What is it? Qualifying applicants will receive the opportunity to custom build these awesome designs into a custom package of four items, and they'll come at a steep 25% discount.
0: Well, you know, Maxi. while my USTA player number may still be active, I consider myself more in the retired phase, more analyst than player. Also, as you can see right now, I've still got the face for the game. So if there is a way for me to be an Instagram ambassador for cross
2: court threads, you know, maybe flaunt the gear I'm wearing, not necessarily pick the designs. Is there a program for me to do that? You can be a brand ambassador in the brand ambassador program. Look, it's a four month program and you seem like the perfect candidate as someone who's a frequent wearer of tennis I mean, it sounds like the program for me. Where can I apply? You can apply right on their website, crosscourtthreads.com, and check this out. If you subscribe to their email list, you'll get 10% off. It's crosscourtthreads.com. That it is, crosscourtthreads.com. crosscourtthreads.com. You know what, Alex? I liked that bit the first time, but let me just remind the listeners, it's crosscourtthreads without the dash, just crosscourtthreads.com. I know what you're getting me for my birthday. Oh yeah, what is that? CrossCourtThreads.com.